0: Watch podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Educator. For today's Beef Watch podcast, we're going to return to our series of animal health topics. Today, we're going to focus on lumpy jaw versus woody tongue, understanding the differences between those. And to talk about this, I'm joined today by Dr. Lindsay Walker Mead, who's a veterinarian and also a Nebraska Extension Educator. Thanks for joining me today.
1: Thanks for having me back, Aaron.
0: Well, as we record this podcast, we're sitting here in mid-August, and this is the time of year when spring calving cows are going to start coming through in terms of pregnancy testing, weaning calves. This is all this little the time of year when folks are evaluating which cows do I keep or cull, and cows that might have a lump or a blemish, uh, those are ones that we sometimes consider sending on down the road. In our conversation today, you're going to talk about the difference between lumpy jaw versus woody tongue. Help us understand how those two are different and What are some things producers might want to take note of as they examine cattle and think about what they should do with them this fall?
1: Yeah, so I guess I'll start out with today's discussion by saying this is really kind of one of your for your information topics. Both woody tongue and lumpy jaw are similar. So there there are a lot of similarities between both of these disease processes. There are a couple of things that will kind of help you um, diagnose the differences between them. And I'll highlight those two. So we'll just we'll just start with the woody tongue. So this is a, it's a bacterial infection. So both of them are bacteria. This bacteria specifically is just in a different class. So it's called a gram negative bacterium. That's just for um, diagnosis purposes. But it normally lives in the mouth and the room in a cattle, you can actually be find it sometimes on some like grass ons or, or out in the pasture, potentially, if you're going to culture that. But, it, but it's normally there. So the way that it actually starts to cause disease is when those cattle start to eat something that might be rough. So if you have a pasture that has a lot of thistle or stickers or um, stemmy hay and you get scratches or cuts inside the mouth, then that bacteria will actually go down into that soft tissue and it'll start to create abscesses. So the most commonly found area is actually gonna be the tongue, hence why it's called woody tongue. So the, the clinical signs will be that maybe your cow has a lot of drooling, you might notice some food dropping, um, difficulty eating, you know, you might even notice visually swollen lymph nodes and or the tongue sticking out. If you would palpate that tongue, it would actually be hard, kind of like wood. So that's where that name comes from. But most of the time, it's gonna create these lumpy abscesses towards the back of the tongue. So where the tongue actually attaches to the back of the throat, that's the main area that is affected at the majority of the time. Cattle that have maybe been affected for a long period of time can become anorexic, obviously, because it hurts. They don't want to eat. We know that they use their tongue to to bite off the grass. And so if they can't do that because it's painful, they might start to drop some weight um, or be off feed. So the way that you can prevent it, um, it it is treatable. So you do you can treat it with antibiotics. Um, There's also a treatment called sodium iodine that you can IV into these cattle. And if you catch it early, it's successful. So. So that would be one that if you do notice that, you know, she's out in the pasture, she's running through the shoot and something's not right, you do an exam, you have your veterinarian take a look it, you know, she might be able to be salvaged from that and then just go on with her mighty way. So, so there usually isn't a lot of repercussions afterwards if, if the treatment is successful. Now, if we switch and we talk about going over to lumpy jaw, that's also a bacteria Again, it's in a different class, so this would be a gram-positive bacteria, but this, that's very similar. It's a normal inhabitant in the mouth. They can find it in the rumen. Um, it will actually enter into the tissue from the same way. So if you have for the rough food stuff, that'll cause a, like a scratch or a puncture in the mouth. It can also be caused if you have dental disease. So... And we don't see that as often in cattle as when we think about horses. But, you know, for some reason, if we have a broken tooth or we have a sharp point in there or something and can poke, then that can potentially get the bacteria into it. Now, the difference here with with uh, lumpy jaw versus woody tongue is that this bacteria will affect. Bone as well as soft tissue, so this is why we see those those hard, firm, immovable masses on the mandibles so the bottom jaw. Um, and you, they might start small. If it's been going for a while, if you've ever seen one, they might have those those granulose tracks, the draining tracks, where you'll you'll see some pus coming out potentially. Um, but but that's the two big differences. So this one affects the bone, and the other one affects just the soft tissue. The treatment is the same. So it's the same medications that you can potentially use. But the difference will be that if you do treat it, what what the treatment does in lumpy jaw is it actually will just arrest the growth of those masses, meaning we're just going to stop it from getting any bigger. So when you treat it is important, um, because you don't want that to advance too far. Because when we're talking about bone remodeling in the jaw, it can start to affect some of where the teeth are, where the teeth are attached. And if you start to have painful in their teeth, and then you start to get that remodeling, we're going to have some serious issues with long term, you know, chewing and and weight loss and those types of things. So seeing a mass or a lump on there, you'll want to definitely get to your veterinarian and get that treated to try and stop that from getting any bigger.
0: As you evaluate cows coming through, and you're making some decisions, is this something I should try to keep, or should I go ahead and cull, remove this animal from the herd? What are some determining factors in your mind in evaluating that?
1: Well, obviously, the first thing I think of is how valuable is this animal to us, and we know, you know, right now the cull market's high, and and if it's something that that you don't feel like you need to keep around, there's a potential if you can get it treated and can find that, you know, if if she's on your coal list, then go for it. But, but if you're talking about a valuable herd bull, or, you know, you have some genetics in that cow that you want to keep around the the treatment wise, if you get it early enough, and it isn't too advanced, especially if we're talking about lumpy jaw, then that should be something that you can keep, you know, it shouldn't be something that we're going to have an issue with, unless we start to see where that treatment isn't working. Especially when we, we talk about, the lumpy jaw too, because that can, that bone remodeling can really become a long-term welfare issue. I know that, uh, you know, not by anyone's fault, but sometimes you just see it and you just kind of let it go. And then by the t- time they go through the shoot again, you've noticed, oh, this has really changed a lot and it, it can potentially change quicker than you would want, obviously. So we don't want to let that go too far where we're dealing with a welfare issue and, and dropping the weight. So if that becomes the the case, then calling her would be an option. But talking about calling too, you do need to know that when they do go to the plant, that the SIS will follow those cattle. So when they come in and they see them before they slaughter, they'll they'll note that they might have an abscess or a lesion somewhere. And then what they do is they'll mark those cattle as called U.S. suspect. And all that means now is that that particular animal is going to be followed closely all the way through slaughter process and, and examined closely to see if there is any tissue that is not going to be fit for human consumption, and if it needs to have some trimming done. And, and potentially, you know, if you have some involvement, if we get down into the lymph nodes, there can be potential if you have systemic involvement, which would be rare, but, but it could happen where we get some major lymph nodes involvement that that carcass could potentially be condemned. So again, treating early, um, getting it under control before you decide to ship it is very important.
0: Anything else on these two things you'd like to highlight today?
1: Um, you know, they're they're rare, not that we see it super often, but I know that these are cases that can be out there. Sometimes, you know, it's important to say if you do notice something going on in the mouth, it's it's not always this issue too. So obviously, if you do have some some drooling or some difficulty chewing, definitely talk to your veterinarian because there are a couple differentials and, you know, rabies potentially could be one of them. You don't want to be sticking your hand in in the mouth of that animal so and and also it's very very rare that this could be a zoonotic disease but there are a few cases um, that that this has come up that both both of these bacteria could be passed on to humans so just be cautious when you're when you are examining an animal on your own always make sure that you have gloves on.
0: Well thanks for joining me today. Thank you Aaron. For more information on the topic that was discussed in today's beef watch podcast, I would encourage you to contact Dr. Lindsey Walker Mead. Her contact information is at the beef.unl.edu website.